Support for this podcast and the following message come from Lagunitas Brewing Company, challenging the status quo and crafting stories along the way. Featuring a wide range of innovative craft brews and non-alcoholic options, it's good to have friends. Learn more at Lagunitas.com. Hey, it's Peter Dugan, and it's so great to be with you for this week's podcast. We need your support to keep bringing you these wonderful young players each week. So if you can, please reach out to us with a contribution at fromthetop.org. Thanks so much, and enjoy the program. From NPR. It's From the Top. Celebrating the power of music. In the hands of America's kids. Music written to evoke the feeling of interior space. A showy piece by Chopin for the cello. And one of the gentlest and most lyrical pieces for viola you're ever going to hear. That's some of the powerful music coming up on today's show. I'm pianist Peter Dugan, and it's so good to be with you. And who have we got to play this powerful music? Well, powerful young people, of course. Like the cellist who has an inspiring story about running a half marathon in his dad's name. Or the young violist who fled the economic devastation of her beloved home country, Venezuela, and has found great musical success here in the U.S. And our first performer, who will introduce you to a very special squishmallow. You heard that right. A squishmallow. Ruby is going to clarify this after she performs. The Ruby I speak of is violinist Ruby Lee, and she's from Irvine, California. I met her at the Colburn School in Los Angeles. Colburn generously hosted the in-person Los Angeles recording sessions on today's show. Ruby, it's great to be with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here, too. Well, we're going to leap into some seriously intense and high drama. Introduce what we're about to play together. We are going to play Carmen Fantasy by Sarasate. Am I right that this piece has a sort of special place in your own personal musical history? Yeah. I first got into violin when I heard Sarah Chang, uh, one of my favorite violinists. She played this piece with an orchestra, and I think it really inspired me to play. Well, let's take this moment to have you inspire some other little kids to learn how to play right now. Whenever you're ready, let's take this from the top. Thank you. 
Ruby Lee, just 14 years old from Irvine, California, performed Pablo de Sarasate's Carmen Fantasy. I kept up with her at the piano. Oof, your strings are, I can see the smoke coming off of the fingerboard. I mean, that was absolutely on fire, Ruby. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really fun, right? Ruby, yeah. you came to our recording session today with a full family cheering section. Hello, Lee family. Thank you so much for coming, all of you. I mean, Ruby, even your little sister came, which actually shouldn't be a surprise because you were like the best big sister ever. <laughs> and, and on that subject, let's take a moment to celebrate squishmallows and what they mean to you and your sister. And I'll repeat that word simply because it's so excellent to say squishmallows. Yeah, so um, squishmallows are round plush toys and they come in different shapes, sizes, colors and animals and I first got into them when my sister came home from her book club with a prize and both of us were in love with the Squishmallow and both of us played with them and she even got me one for my 13th birthday so we started playing with them and it helped us get closer during the pandemic because we pretended we were the Squishmallows and <laughs> we used to make stories and we still do. Yes. And, okay, so I think, Peter, it's uh, a really good time for you to try holding a Squishmallow. And um, here, this is Tim. Okay, this is Tim. Oh, my God. Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. It's so, Tim is so squishy and soft. Yeah, yeah. I love him. Yeah. I understand I'm a believer in the Squishmallow now. <laughs> Thank you. Well, while Squishmallows are hard to resist, I know that your love of violin is maybe a little bit more profound. Can you share with me what the process was like deciding to really dedicate yourself to violin? Because I know you're into sports as well. Yeah, so when I had to choose between sports and violin, I had to really think about carefully who I was and what my passions were. Mm -hmm. and where I wanted to be in the future. So when I thought of different consequences of dropping one of these passions, I thought about the consequences of quitting music, and I thought my life would just change completely in a negative way, mm -hmm. and I would lose something important that I had always in my life. Right. So I think that was my main part of yeah. choosing between music and sports. Right, like you just couldn't bear to live without it. Yeah, yeah. And you have something really beautiful to share the world with Thank the world. Thank you. Ruby Lee, 14, from Irvine, California. For the last 15 years, From the Top in the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, have awarded over $3 million in scholarships to talented young musicians who have financial need. We still have more to give. Go to fromthetop.org to learn more. Peter. Thanks, Joanne. I'm sitting now with our next featured young musician, a talented and imaginative young composer from Pasadena, California. She's 18, and her name is Willa Hawthorne. Willa, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I just love your music. Will you introduce the piece of yours we're about to hear? Yes. So the piece is called Interiors, and it's for clarinet and oboe duet. Yeah, you have two fantastic musicians on it. It's oboist Diana Dunn and clarinetist Emily Boland. Uh, tell me a little bit about the title you said is Interiors. Uh, what was the inspiration behind the piece, or is there anything you want us to be listening for? Yeah, so I think since beginning composing, I've always been really interested in this kind of intersection between space and sound, and I think the title of this piece is kind of a continuation of that thought process. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I hope throughout the piece um, that kind of idea uh, the listener can listen for that. Great. I'm, I'm excited to hear it.
Interiors by 18-year-old composer Willa Hawthorne. Our oboist was Diana Dunn, and Emily Boland performed on the clarinet. Willa, that piece is really magical and so... Um, like, you're able to create so much color with with just a few sounds, you know, and I, I really appreciate the the intimacy of that. I was wondering, so often it comes back to the pitch A, you know, and hearing, like, A440... As, as a centering place. Am I, am I making that up or is, was there a significance to that? I think absolutely a significance. Um, I think this piece actually came from thinking about tuning an orchestra uh, a little I bit. I was wondering. Yes, I wow, think. Wow, cool. <laughs> but also, um, yeah, it's, it's a good pitch otherwise too. Yeah, it's like it symbolizes some sort of blank slate or something and then we enter into a world right. through that like portal. Uh, Well, when you're not composing classical music pieces, you can be found doing this. You're a cheerleader. How long have you been doing that? Yeah, so I've been on the dance dance team is what we call it mm-hmm. for since my sophomore year of high school, and I just finished up my sixth season. Wow! Yeah, and this past year I was the co-captain of cool. our team. So yeah, I always had kind of this love of dance and was really excited to kind of explore that in a team environment. And that's right. kind of how I started. It's just fun to think of the difference between, I mean, I'm picturing the intimacy of your piece that we just heard versus like the total raucous cheer. And I love that combination. And speaking of cool combinations, I want to talk about your parents because they're a pretty cool combination just in terms of what they do. And you're sort of interested in combining what they do uh, as you pursue what's next for you in college. So first, tell me what your parents do, and then let's talk about how that's going to manifest itself in your life. Yeah, so my mom is very involved in the music world, and she is works at the Wallace Annenberg Center of the Performing Arts. She's the CEO over there and has been working there nice. for a while. And then Great. my dad is the chief design officer for the city of Los Angeles. Such impressive <laughs> jobs, and, and but also just really exciting. So how do you see your life combining those interests? Yeah, so I am planning on pursuing composition hopefully professionally in the future definitely a music major next year Uh Um, so I would say my mom has always yeah kind of brought music into my life and kind of inspired that journey Uh Um, and then my dad has really um, got me excited about like urban studies and urban planning so next year I'm hoping to double major in music and urban studies. Uh, Will it I want to talk about where you are right now in your life. You're poised to go to Yale. You've done so much already in high school as a musician, as the leader of your of your cheer and dance team, uh, as a composer. And yet, despite all of that, I read that you have still really struggled with confidence somehow. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about how that how that could be possible with someone who has achieved so much? Thank you. Yeah, I think just I go to kind of a very traditional college prep high school that I've been at since kindergarten and Mm. just throughout that journey there hasn't really been a lot of spaces where I've been able to kind of share my music it's a school uh you know very focused on academics and for a long time I think it was really hard for me to see you know music and composition as a profession and that's uh something that was definitely difficult in high school because um you know not a lot of people were able to understand my love for specifically classical music. That's not yeah. something a lot of teenagers, um, I would say, are super interested in. Um, when I think about sort of myself at your age, I also sometimes felt like an outsider. And uh, and ultimately, I feel like it's all about finding that paradigm shift where instead of that being seen as somehow a bad thing or something to feel bad, you know, like you don't belong, instead to celebrate your individuality and let that be a source of even more confidence. Right. And um, I celebrate you. I celebrate your individuality today. And uh, thank you for sharing your music with us. Thank you. Willa Hawthorne, 18 years old from Pasadena, California. If you subscribe to From the Top's podcast, you can download whatever episodes you want and listen on demand. They're available at fromthetop.org. 
Pianist Peter Dugan here, and I now have the pleasure of collaborating with the cellist who's sitting across from me right now. Welcome to the show, Ivan. Thanks for having me on. This is Ivan Wang. How old are you, Ivan, and where are you from? I'm 17, and I'm from Tribuco Canyon, Southern California. Indeed. And we're going to play Chopin's Polonaise Brilliant together. What made you want to take this monstrous piece on? Uh, funny enough, I actually listened to this piece on from the top, and it was played by uh, May Hota, which is, um, she used to be a part of my cello studio, actually. And I thought it was the most outrageous, just show-off piece ever, and I really just wanted to kind of take a shot at it. That's absolutely what it is. Well, whenever you're ready, let's take this very flashy, very fun piece from the top.
Chopin's Polonaise Brillante, performed by 17-year-old cellist Ivan Wang. I'm Peter Dugan, and I was at the piano. That was a workout, but just so much fun, and so much fun to sort of trade those flashy flourishes back and forth with you, Ivan. Thank you. I've always appreciated just kind of working so much with the piano. Right, well, and of course, when Chopin writes a piece for cello, it ends up being just as much about the piano, because that's just who he was as a pianist himself. Well, you are not only intensely dedicated to the cellos, we just heard, obviously, Mm -hmm. but you're intense about a lot of things. And that kind of intensity and hyper-focus seems to be the mode where you really come alive. Talk about your dive into fishing, as it were. Um, It all started when I took a trip to um, Catalina Island, and we were fishing off the pier, and I had a ton of fun. Um, It was just like every drop, you'd catch a fish, and you Uh release it back, and it was just so much fun. And it gradually turned into a serious hobby of mine. Um, Eventually, my dad and I actually bought a kayak of our own, and we decided to go out maybe every other weekend to go fishing, and we would buy fish finders like sonar to kind of map out like what it looks like on the seafloor, and we just, it was so much fun. When I was your age, I never caught anything fishing, but have you had some success? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, Sometimes we'd reach our limits of catching fish, and I've caught actually a shark once, interesting enough. Um, what? It was pulling our kayak around in it. It was kind of frightening. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, um, these days it's cars. Mm-hmm. That's your really, your, that's your drive. That's yeah. your, your, your focus. <laughs> I mean, you actually work on cars yourself, right? I do. Uh, my brother actually got me into it. He started bringing me to car shows. And I'm really enthusiastic about the sound, which I guess uh-huh. kind of relates to being me, uh, being a musician. And um, after my brother and I got into cars, we decided to buy like an older kind of souped up car and decided to repair it. And then eventually we decided to modify like the performance systems like turbos, engines, um, intakes, all that kind of thing to um, kind of just to make it um, outperform like most cars you see on the road today. Well, I know that you love the sound of cars and we actually have here a clip of one of your favorite cars accelerating. This is the Lexus LFA. So you actually like that sound? Yes. um, It's it's actually really interesting because um, when this car was designed by Lexus, Mm -hmm. they actually worked in partnership with Yamaha um, to design everything from the engine to the exhaust, which is where the sound comes out of, mm-hmm. just to make it kind of like that perfect sounding car. Okay, but dude, check out the sound my car makes when I put that pedal to the metal. Yeah, what do you think of that? I think it needs some work on by Yamaha. Right. <laughs> I'll take it to your, <laughs> to your shop, Yes, Ivan Wang's repair shop. Um, It's a pretty sweet ride, though, I got to say. Well, there's one more outdoor activity that we have to talk about. You found your way into this for a very special and really beautiful reason. I'm talking about long-distance running. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad actually recently got into running. Um, In his middle ages, he decided to sign up for um, a local half marathon, and he started training for it, um, finding like running groups, making tons of friends, and he was just having a blast um, pursuing his passion. And about three weeks before the race actually happened, um, he was on a mountain biking ride and he got in an accident where he got hit by a car that was trespassing on the actual road. Mm. And this ended up with um, him getting a concussion, a broken knee and um, a broken shoulder and surgery. So um, I I didn't want to let him see all that hard work that he put in kind of wasted. Mm -hmm. And I decided to run under his name um, for this half marathon and training three weeks before any, especially um, a 13 mile race was no, no piece wow. of cake. Yeah. You had three weeks to train for it. About, yeah. And um, I think I found my passion as well for running and yeah. continued on after this. And was your dad there to? He was to there. He was on? on his crutches at the finish line cheering me on. Wow. And it just felt great to see that. What a, what a great son. <laughs> like, that's just such a beautiful thing that you did, you know, in your dad's honor and, um, love, I love all of your energy, you know, the spirit that you bring to that piece we played, but just to life in general, you're such a great guy. And Ivan, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. 
Ivan Wang, 17 years old, from Dubuco Canyon, California. Nine out of ten young musicians recommend watching Daily Joy videos every day to significantly improve the quality of one's life. These Daily Joy videos feature beautiful music performances by young artists, and you can sign up for the fun at fromthetop.org. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. From the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. From NPR, it's From the Top, celebrating the power of music in the hands of America's kids. Coming up, a teenage pianist from Birmingham, Alabama, performs the opening movement of Beethoven's Sonata No. 16 in G major. Special thanks this week to the Colburn School for hosting our in-person recordings at Colburn's Thayer Hall in downtown Los Angeles. From the Top's host, pianist Peter Dugan, is sponsored by Susan and Gerald Slavitt. Our next performer, Valeria Serrano, has her viola in hand, and she's ready to play. She's 17 years old and from Arlington, Virginia, but she's currently studying and boarding at the Interlochen Arts Academy in Michigan, and that's where she is right now. Val, thanks so much for being on the program. Thanks for having me. You're going to perform a piece by Rafe Vaughn Williams. What's the piece, and who is performing with you at the piano? Yeah, I will be performing Vaughn Williams' um, Suite for Viola, Group 1, Movement 1, with my accompany Susan Snyder. All right, well, whenever you're ready, please take it from the top. Thank you. 
We heard the prelude from Group 1 of The Suite for Viola by Rafe Von Williams, performed by 17-year-old violist Valeria Serrano from Arlington, Virginia, and Susan Snyder was at the piano. Valeria is one of our Jack Kent Cooke young artists. Val, you go by Val, right? Yeah. Val, that was such a beautiful performance of that piece. I love the sweeping long lines you create on the viola. So enjoyed that performance. (laughs) Thank you. I love that we've now seen your classical side. We know you've got the chops. We know you've got the soul for that. But you also have another musical passion. And that sounds like this. You're a serious singer-songwriter. What a beautiful and compelling voice you have. I, I love your voice. I mean, you you can you have a serious belt, but also you've got the soft, like, buttery soul sound, too. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. That song is an original you wrote called Junto a Ti. I've checked out a lot of your songs, I have to say, on your YouTube page, which is, for those of you listening, Val Serrano on YouTube. You sing in both English and Spanish. It's very impressive. So what was that song we just heard all about? That's actually a song I wrote for Mother's Day a couple of years ago. It was dedicated to the mothers, um, Venezuelan mothers that lost their children to protests. And, you know, my only way of protesting and just like sharing my my voice with the world is through music. So I especially wanted to make those mothers feel like they had someone and they they had they have the whole country with them supporting them and yeah yeah so let's back up for a moment because we need to acknowledge that you are from Venezuela earlier i yes. said you were from Arlington Virginia because that's home now for you but like Venezuela is your true home yes yes always and did you witness some of these protests that that you sing about in that song yeah i did i remember living in my apartment with my mom and I could just look through the window and there would be people putting fire in like wheels and and wow. we'd also have like pans like big pans and or something from the kitchen that they would start banging on and yeah I remember that vividly wow so tell me a little bit about leaving Venezuela like when how old were you and and why you made that decision many years ago my mom was unfairly um, kicked out of her job not only her, but thousands and thousands of other people. And my mom was blacklisted from many, many places. So she, it was very difficult until she um, started working with her brother. And then in 2017, um, things were starting to get really bad in Venezuela. And my mom just decided this was it for us. And I actually have a, an uncle here that's been living here for about 10 years. Um, mm. And he decided to make the efforts to, you know, buy us a ticket and come and, yeah. and stay here and, you know, make a make a future for, for me. And yeah. Wow. So when you first came to the U.S., uh, I'm curious, what was it like making the decision to really focus on music and kind of make music the the center of your life? I definitely feel like I was so I had this sense back from Venezuela where, you know, in back home, I don't really have those many resources to pursue music like that's not really considered a career back then Mm. you know and sometimes parents just don't believe you can make it as a musician (laughs) especially in a country that's falling into pieces you know (laughs) so I know that my mom wanted the best for me and she was really she really wanted me to have a career that you know could promise me a living but what she didn't realize is that I'm now in a country where I can do it and I can make it I can make a living out of this profession and that's when you know, I just decided to keep going. It's a beautiful attitude, a, a great spirit you have. Val, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, consider me a fan, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you. Thank you so much. I love being here. This is awesome. Valeria Serrano, 17 years old from Arlington, Virginia, now studying at the Interlochen Arts Academy in Michigan. The young performers on our show are so impressive, sometimes you've just got to see it to believe it. And that's pretty easy to do, actually. 
Just go to fromthetop.org and check out all the fun video we put out every week. Not only do we have photos and video of our young players making radio with us, we've got our Daily Joy video series, virtual concerts, raucous pop music covers, and more. That's at fromthetop.org. Peter Dugan here, and the 18-year-old pianist we've got for you in the final slot on today's show comes from Birmingham, Alabama. His name is Luke Turner. Luke shared with me that one of his favorite things about studying classical music is getting into every tiny detail of each piece he plays. You'll hear his appreciation of that here in his nuanced performance of the opening of the Sonata in G Major, Opus 31, Number 1, by Ludwig von Beethoven. Thank you. 
pianist Luke Turner, 18 years old, from Birmingham, Alabama, performed the opening movement of the G Major Sonata, Opus 31, Number 1, by Ludwig von Beethoven. Wow, what a charming performance of that piece. I feel that in that sonata, maybe more than any other Beethoven sonata, we encounter the composer's sense of humor to the max. And your timing, your your poise absolutely uh, conveyed that humor. I was smiling, even giggling at times. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, thank you. So, Luke, of course, I'm in New York City right now, and I'm zooming in and, and listening into your recording session, which is happening at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Now, you go to Nashville a lot, right? Even though it's like, what, two hours from your home? Yes, that's right. I've been going to the Vanderbilt Blair School of Music for the past six years, and I really want to thank them for letting me use this incredible space and great piano. My dad took a sabbatical at Vanderbilt University when I was in sixth grade, and by then I'd already been playing piano for quite a few years, so it just made sense to really get plugged in, and they have a great pre-college program at Vanderbilt University. So even though we moved back to Alabama after that year, I still keep coming each week. Nice. And didn't I read that you've actually played with the Nashville Symphony? Yes, that's right. About two years ago, I won the Nashville Symphony Concerto Competition. Uh, So I got to play Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto with the orchestra, which was just a fantastic experience. Wow, what a thrill. I know that your music has taken you all around the Southeast, including to Disney World. What was that all about? Yes, I had a piano competition at Disney World a few years ago, and my family always kind of teases me about it. When I was about three years old, um, I used to never really watch TV as a kid, but we were on vacation, um, so we just kind of turned on cartoons, and it happened to be Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. So my parents let me watch an episode, and later that night I went to bed just like normal, But my parents woke up like at 3 or 4 a.m., and I was screaming and crying, Mickey Mouse is attacking me. I was having this awful nightmare. And (laughs) now now that I'm 17, I don't really have, I'm not scared of Mickey Mouse anymore. But I did have a competition at Disney World, and my family thought it was really funny since everything there is Mickey Mouse themed. Right. Now, (laughs) I have to ask about this because... Was the fear specific to Mickey Mouse as a, as a character, or did it translate to, you know, other costumed sort of life-size characters? Like, was, if Goofy were to come up to you at Disney World, would that also be the stuff of nightmares? Yes, I definitely did have a fear as a child of costumed characters. The University of Alabama's mascot is a big elephant, and any time I'd go to some of those sporting events, I would always be terrified of Big Al, which is his name. Right. Well, don't come to Philadelphia where I'm from because we've got Gritty, the Flyers mascot, and is basically a big orange monster with these wild eyes. And Gritty is a whole nother kind of scary. (laughs) Well, Luke... You're 18 years old now. I know you're looking forward to college. What are you thinking about for next year? Well, I definitely want to continue piano since it's just been such a big part of my life. But I'm also really interested in kind of the intersection of business and technology. So I'm planning to, for college, hope to pursue a double degree in piano performance and then also some sort of business. Wow. Well, it sounds like you're going to be busy. And I, for one, am excited to see what you end up doing. Luke, thank you so much for being with us today. And once again, bravo on that charming Beethoven performance. Thank you. Luke Turner, 18 years old, from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, my friend, our time is up. But before we say goodbye, I want to thank all the young performers we've met on the program today, not only for sharing their music, but also for sharing their humanity. And to you, listening while making breakfast, or while eating it, or while shopping for tomorrow's breakfast, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Please join me next week, and we'll take it from the top. From the Top is written and produced by Tim Banker with music director Megan Swan. Sound design and editing by John Escobar. Our production manager is Matt Dykeman. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. I'm Joanne Robinson. 
Special thanks this week to Jessica Ewing, Francesco Perlangelli, and Hawk Graham at the Colburn School, and to William Chen, who engineered our work there. The engineers for our remote sessions on this episode include Stefan Wiebe at Interlochen Public Radio and Andrew Baptista at the Vanderbilt Blair School of Music. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from Senior Helpers, providing families with personalized in-home care for seniors and those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's, committed to helping loved ones remain safe and independent at home, at SeniorHelpers.com. And from the Doris Duke Charitable Foundation, which aims to support the well-being of people and the planet for a more creative, equitable, and sustainable future. And from listeners like you who donate to this NPR station. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at FromTheTop.org. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR.